you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Good keeping the applause going until we got here. Wonderful. Thank you. That's quite That's awkward, that wasn't it? A nice bunch. Um, oh. So it is delightful to have you all here at the beautiful Museum of Comedy. Ooh, have you had a look round? Very yeah. exciting. The, the Goons Bonquette is my favourite exhibition. <laughs> my favourite is there's a rising damp area, which uh, is I so... Mean, we are underground, so... Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's so damp they couldn't fit anything else in there, so it's uh, it's all good. Um, so we are Lucy and Jenny, and together we are... Fingers on buzzers! <laughs> yes! There's no predicting how I'm going to sing that, so <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for trying. I thought you did well. You joined in very well there. So this is the live version of the podcast that we've been doing for some years now. We started in 1932 before podcasts were even a Steam-powered wireless. Oh, those were the days. We absolutely adore quizzing and we want to share that love and we have the best guests ever. Um, tonight we have not four, not five, but two amazing... <laughs> 
fabulous guests for you. So we'll introduce them later. We'll give you, we'll keep, I mean, you know who it is because you bought tickets, right? But we'll, we'll keep the suspense going. For anyone who isn't familiar with our oeuvre, I'll do a little, qu- I know, I didn't know I was going to say that. I'll do a little quiz, which is about past guests that we've had on our podcast. And this could be a chance for you to win some of the prizes on offer this evening. So, Gem, what have we got on the prize table? We have got some off-brand tinned cocktails. (laughs) We have got some off-brand, not an arrow. Well, it's it's from Aldi and it's called Bubbly Milk. Off-brand, not a bounty. It's called Romeo. I'm not sure how. Where's that connection? Yeah, it just makes you think Bounty like the other Beckham kid. Yeah. Um, We've got some (laughs) off-brand... Off-brand Colin Caterpillars. They're called Walter Worm. We've also got some board games. We've got PSI, which stands for Psychology Slander Intuition, and it is almost impossible to play. I've tried. And we also have... It's endorsed by Kenny Everett. It it is. And David Jensen. Um, Yeah, David Jensen. And also... um, Nick Knowles is here in spirit if not in body in the form of the Who Dares Wins board game which is another classic much easier to play than PSI I'm quite glad he's not here in body I'll be honest but uh, I, the, do you know I went to the tip this week always a treat ooh, and ooh. they have a bit in the tip where you can go and collect things that you know they, they put out things they think people will want did they now and the Who Dares Wins board game was there not this one though this has this has come straight from uh, my cupboard which came from a charity shop in the uh, originally which yes. may have come from another tip but <laughs> as far as we know this one is not from the tip so uh, so it's i didn't know that because every time i go to the tip they don't let you go in yeah. I keep seeing things. Yeah. I, I, I think they banned me. <laughs> she keeps trying to climb in. So I'm going to tell you, in order to win these fabulous prizes, I'm going to tell you some facts about people that we have had on the podcast and I will invite you to guess who they might be. So the first guest I'm going to direct you towards is somebody who crashed out of pointless celebrities for saying that chocolate is an ingredient of spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Powerful. Whoa! Straight in James Acaster. Oh, who do we think got that first? I, mean, I think it was you there in the lovely um, sports top. What's your name? Sorry, Ed. Which, which Ed. off-brand item would you care to win from the prize table, or on-brand if you're a big fan of Nick Knowles? <laughs> Absolutely, enjoy those. I want to, I want a review of them because I'm a big fan of a Colin Caterpillar. Yeah, they're nice. But if they're cheaper. I actually prefer them. I prefer the uh, the fizzy version is actually nicer than Haribo or Mots. Anyway. We really um, should do like a consumer affairs program as well. <laughs> we really Spin off. So somebody, in fact, no, I'll tell you who this one is. So Zoe Lyons, she was saying about hosting a quiz. She said there's certain words that she finds difficult to pronounce, which is not uh, a Zoe problem. It's a quiz show host problem, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, some have a banned list of words that the question writers are not allowed to put in any question or answer. The most extensive one of those was a certain uh, winking redhead. Um, It was a large document you had to check before you wrote any questions about Greg Rosetsky or Antarctica. Yeah, Mm. Anne Robinson can't say Greg Rosetsky. That's uh, that's a fact. But Zoe Lyons said she has problems with the words decision, initiative, and which herb? (laughs) Oregano? Oregano. Oh, what an answer. So I would have gone coriander right away. Yeah. 
Turmeric, turmeric, whatever that Some is. Some Romeo bars, um, a, a, no a bubbly. I'll have a masochist, so PSI, please. Oh, no, we're talking. Oh, I'm going to have to dismantle the, the price. The PSI board game. So David Jensen says, I've never been so invited all my life. I can't actually see what it says. I've never been so insulted in all my life. But how do you sue your nine-year-old daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Tarrant. My girlfriend called me a maggot. My agent called me a wet weekend in Margate. And my best friends called me a battery chicken. It was a marvellous evening. What, what ringing endorsements those are. <laughs> enjoy or probably don't enjoy, if that's anything to go by. So well done you, my darling. Um, should we do one more? Let's do one more. I'm just going to drop prizes on the floor while that's happening. Kate Botley, the Reverend Kate Botley. Right, yes, the Reverend Kate Botley. Who's Give a lovely respect. Uh, and she, we went on a cruise with her. It was amazing. She was wild, filthy. Um, she, she knows. Her all husband the can't sense. take his drink either. No, but he did not know that you're not supposed to drink um, cafe patron in uh, half pints. Yeah, poor Graham. He had a day in the cabin. So, in Kate Botley's church quiz, she always made sure that there were the questions with two specific people as the answer. One of them was Jesus. And who Sense. was the other who was the other person that she always gave as an option or as an answer? I'll give you some clues. Oh, somebody's something's the, come the through from the back of the room. It wasn't Dale Winton, oh. but we love <laughs> But we any like to hear him invoked, don't oh, we? May you yes. rest in peace. Jesus, Dale Winton, and <laughs> completing the Holy Trinity, it is a, it's a, it's an ex-footballer. Now, pundit, Gary Lineker. There we go. We'll give it over there. Gary Lineker was the correct answer. Are you a chocolate lover? Well, it, I say cocktail. Good oh, choice. yeah, it's a passion fruit martini made by Stefanoff, that well-known <laughs> vodka maker. There you go. Delightful. Yay. We've got some tuned-in audience members. That's good to hear, isn't it? Do you know it? Lidl's off-brand vodka for a time is called Putinoff? Oh... <laughs> I yeah. think they've changed it now. I, I would hope so. <laughs> so, without further ado, I think we've warmed you up. We've given you a little idea of what we're about. Shall we bring on a guest? Yeah! He is an absolute dream. He's a comedy legend. He is a darts whiz. And he's just an all-round gorgeous individual. Please give it up for Tim Vine! <laughs> Hello. Oh, what an, what an absolute thrill to be here. Where are we? <laughs> no, it's wonderful. What a great... Uh, I've just been enjoying all that, and then you suddenly said I was coming on. I went, oh, great. Um, yes, how, how lovely. I'm in the middle here. I feel like I'm always, almost in charge. Welcome to my show. Um, That's later. You get oh, to right, host okay. later. We'll, we'll build up to that. Yes, would you? Yes, we've devised a format for you to host. Because actually, we have had Tim on the podcast before, as some of you may know. And we largely talked about your hosting of the Channel 5. Go on. Yeah, what's the word I would use to describe show. it? Show, you could say show. Yeah. <laughs> Quiz? <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to think of something. It's, it's a legend. A cult a classic. Cult classic, thank you, Jen. Well, Whittle. Whittle, yes. Who remembers Whittle? We'll put the cheer in in the edit after that. <laughs> 
Yes, that was great fun. I did 132 of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I was doing five a day, I used to think to myself, um, you know, some were better than others. And it was quite a shock when they all came out one at a time. <laughs> and I'd have to say, I'd see one and think, good grief, I'm going to sit through half an hour of that. Oh, my goodness. But, well, um, we loved it and we loved talking to you about it. And one of the things that we did last time was because Tim wrote an extensive catalogue of jokes to I go did. with all the questions. Yes. I went to the shoe shop. I said, I want my shoes fixed. He said, sold. I said, I want my shoes fixed. <laughs> it was a big hit. It was a big hit. And the, yes. the sheer output of jokes was incredible. So what we've done to warm you up is mm. we've got a little quiz yes. where I'm going to ask a question from yes. Whistle okay. and then you will tell me what joke you think you said. Oh, that's clever. Uh, <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> and this is not something I've been prepared for. No. So, all right, go on then. Here we go. So the question was, see, you can play along with the question. the first one about shoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's someone who wears shoes. Right. Uh, Boris Becker, what age was Boris Becker when he first won Wimbledon. The format of the show is you get options. I don't yep. think you need them, but was he 6, 17, 23 or 42? He was 17, wasn't he? Yeah. 17. And then I probably said, I was playing tennis with a napkin. I said, don't serve yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Do you want to see what you actually said? Uh, yeah, go on then. You said, someone said to me, oh, Boris Becker, you should see his forearms. And I said, well, if he's got forearms, he's definitely going to win. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yep. Very strong. Yes. Very strong. Could do doubles on his own. <laughs> the next question was, in Signs of the Zodiac, the symbol for Capricorn oh, yeah. is which animal? Is it a goat, a beaver, a gazelle or a bull? Goat. Yes, it was. I feel confident I might know what the joke is for this. Ooh. Only because I've only got one Sign of the Zodiac joke. Okay. <laughs> I went to the pet shop. I said, can I buy a goldfish? He said, do you want an aquarium? I said, I don't care what star sign he is. <laughs> Is that the one on there? I'm here to tell you, you've got two uh, <laughs> wow. horoscope jokes. The other one being, I don't believe in all that Zodiac rubbish, but then I'm a Pisces. I'm very sceptical. Right, OK. That one got a groan. You've been sticking yeah, in your well, bed. I'm going to go with the other one. Um, the next question was, the Taj Mahal is close to which city? Aberdeen, Andover, Agra or Amritsar? <laughs> anticipating the joke it's a lovely thing um, so which city is the Taj Mahal close to shout it out if you know it Agra. Agra Agra there may be an Agra Agro thing going on there is there in the, in the joke but if not I'd say I went to a, um, I went to a uh, what was that? I went to a jumble sale in India it was a bring Mumbai <laughs> Um, yeah. I was in this Indian restaurant and uh, Blake came up to me and said, curry okay? I said, I might do some I love him when I finish this. <laughs> Karaoke, sir. No, no, no. I mean, I'd, I'd say better than the one you did. Yeah, probably, uh, yeah. Which was uh, agra. People who hate that city are agoraphobic, apparently. Right, yeah, yeah. It is all right. Well, there we are. Um, <laughs> let's do another one. Which part yes. of the body is contained within the pericardium? Brain, eyeball, knee or heart? Mm, I don't know the answer. But maybe cardium suggests maybe the heart then, maybe, does it? It does, well done. Right. Okay, so uh, I would say I probably said um, my dad's liver is on his... Uh, left knee, his kidneys are on his elbows, and his spleen's on the side of his head. Still his heart's in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> These are all gold. It's, it's not even that. He's at pericardium. I thought that was something that Siamese twins wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's more 
clever. That was good, wasn't it? You could say that in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> One more. What is origami? Is it miniature, a miniature tree, paper folding, a martial art, or a sweet herb? It's paper. Paper folding. folding. Yep. Thank you for filling that. The in. advantage of easy origami is twofold. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one on there? You had, uh, I had an origami business, but it folded. Nah. <laughs> it looked good on paper. <laughs> oh, the, to- the topper from Porter. Yeah, no, there no. <laughs> you saved it with the topper there. So, uh, well, all marble. I've got more. We can always use those later. We can have those as a little fun extra in the right. interval. So we loved Whittle, and we've talked to you about that. But since yes. we last spoke, mm. I saw another game show, not a quiz show that you did. Right. Channel 4. Uh, well... Which one? Which the one that you devised as well? Uh, oh, fluke. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fluke was a show where everyone was given um, uh, just fifty-fifty chances all the way through it, so no one had any clue what it was. It was entirely fluke, and there would be quite good prizes. It'd be like I mean, like a pair of motorbikes or something at the end, and the and the final question could have been something like, uh, "I've got something sellotaped to my arm. Is it a golf tee or a feather?" And you'd see this person in front of me shaking, trying to work out what it was before before I reveal it, you know. Yes. So uh, that was good fun. But um, and you had celebrity guests sort of doing little VTs with you. Yeah, we did. There was a round where I, I'd say something like, "When Ant and Deck have an argument, do they make up by hugging or shaking hands?" And then the person would guess, and then we'd say, well, "Let's have a look." And then you see a little clip of me breaking up a fight between Ant and Deck, and <laughs> them both hugging me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was great. Fun. I mean, we did. It was. It was a. It was. There was only one series of it, so we did. I think um, maybe seven or eight episodes or something in total. But um, the, those bits going out and, and videoing the people were great fun because we we were meeting people like um, we did. A little, I remember doing a little video clip with Norman Wisdom, unbelievably, wow. and um, Victor Kayam. It was just this it was an extraordinary bloke. We met him in a hotel. He was an extraordinary chap, he, and he was. We were transfixed. But we came out afterwards. It's like we we all felt like we'd met Frank Sinatra. We just he, so, <laughs> he had so much charisma. He was, and he told us that people were always giving him because you know he did that he was sort of an inventor and um, a sort of entrepreneur exactly yeah yeah, and so uh, yeah. I liked it so much I bought the company that's it yeah Remington right. Steel yeah yeah but uh, people were constantly um, trying to uh, suggest inventions to him and uh, he said one time someone uh, someone said to him look I've got this amazing invention I want you to meet me at such and such a hotel and room da 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 you know I don't think it was more more specific than da 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 and he never found him um, no he gave him a number so he went along and he it was really cloak and dagger stuff like this was incredibly this is going to be extraordinary whatever this is Victor Kaiham sort of sat in the in the room and the guy turned all the lights off and went into the bathroom and was there for a while and then he came out holding a watering can with a torch on the end of it <laughs> So he was fantastic, Victor Kaya was. I mean, as as ideas go, I think it's quite a good one. Yeah, yeah. Dragon's Den was very different back then. I'm always fascinated whenever you meet someone who's managed to get a game show or a quiz show on telly to hear about the process. Well, I don't know what the process was really because I, if I knew, I'd, I'd probably do another one, be doing another one now because I do, I really enjoy it. But at the time, for some reason, the Channel 5 wanted me to do a game show and I put the fluke idea before them as an idea, which I'd sort of worked on with Thames Television as it was at the time. And they realised that you couldn't do the fluke thing for five days a week. They wanted something, they call it a strip show or something, do they? It sounds something, is that what they call That's it? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, because um, so the chasers would be that, yeah, yeah, beyond 
Because you, well, you could do loads of them, I yeah. suppose, is the point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you couldn't do loads of the fluke thing. So the fluke thing kind of got shelved and ended up being taken up by Channel 4. So I, there was a moment there where I was doing two at once. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Now I'm not doing any, but uh, yeah. it was great fun. Well, we were <coughs> absolutely desperate to get Whittle back on the telly. <laughs> I'm not that desperate myself. That. <laughs> no, we're desperate to see you doing it. But then I did see the idea of whittling down 100 people to one winner mm. has been stolen by... You know, various. your friend and mine. Oh, Lee's, Lee's thing, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I did have a couple of people say to me, uh, hang on a minute, that's Whittle he's doing with the 1% club. I mean, there was a, a very big difference in the, that Whittle, we used to say, used to go, you could win £250 with the possibility of doubling it to 500 And that was like half an hour of television. <laughs> yes. So the, the pointless is still about the same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but you can win proper money on Lee's thing. But, um, and also, yeah, it's more, it's kind of lateral thinking and yeah, you know, I think tricksy questions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is very different, but yeah. it, is, it just goes to show that people love to see that kind of... But there's also, there was also one versus 100 and yeah, impossible. Exactly. So, that's, exactly. yeah, so they're, they're all standing on the shoulders of giant. Of course. Exactly, they're, standing well. on the shoulders of Whittle. <laughs> <laughs> but there were plenty of... I mean, it's funny, that thing. One of the, the, the uh, In recent times, one of the, the game shows I've loved the most is Deal or No Deal because it is. it seems that most game shows, most quiz shows, I know there's a difference between quiz shows and game shows, but it's all about asking questions with general knowledge and I just thought it was such a clever thing that there's just no questions involved I mean I, I, the banker thing is, is such a clever device and I still I missed that show I thought it was great it's the, well there's one question deal or no deal yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> it's just over the and same over again. throughout <laughs> but, but it's, it's on its way back is it? yes oh. yeah with, oh. uh, with Mis- Mr Mulhern oh okay but I don't know if it'll have that same cult appeal as well. It was, I'd say cult appeal. It was a cult, wasn't it, when Noel did it? Yeah. He made it into a cultish environment yeah. by coming up with all sorts of weird lingo. And they were all the locked universe. in a hotel yeah. 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 together for weeks on end, weren't yeah. they? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd love a behind-the-scenes documentary about that. Yeah. Let's, let's get let's get some ex contestants on. But I know what you mean about because I watched it. I went to Australia for the Melbourne uh, Comedy Festival in, in um, about uh, ten years ago. I was there and they and they had Deal or No Deal then. And I thought to myself, Oh, I love this show. And I switched it on and I just I, it just wasn't the same at all. I think they were giving prizes at the end of every box or something, and there just there was no build like there is. So maybe it really does rely on Noel Edmonds' skill and stuff. I don't know. But yeah, sort of a, on in the afternoon as well. It feels like a guilty pleasure yeah, in that yeah. time slot. It's the same as um, why Tipping Point, I think, has become such a long-standing hit. Mm. It's because it is daft as a brush, mm. but they've come up with all these interesting little bits of lingo to go with it. So every time you watch it, you're like, oh, that's a rider. Oh, no, you yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't want to go in that drop zone, love. Oh, oh ghost no. drop. Oh. Yeah. But also, the great thing about Tipping Point is is Ben Shepherd. And I, my mum is a, she has her absolute favourites. She loves you guys, by the way, on the chase. She absolutely loves the chase. Loves Bradley. Loves Ben Shepherd. So I mean, that thing of um, you know an old person living on their own and loving a host and the way they just that friendliness and stuff mm-hmm. is you know you, that's a great service that you're providing there. Well, I'm sure Ben will send his love. He he will be listening. Really? He's always right. listening. Right. Right. 
I remember saying to him once about the, uh, the the tipping point thing that in the early series, and I'm sure that this was nothing to do with me that, that it changed, but in the early series, it felt like when they cut to that machine, there was no human in the same shot. So I remember saying to him, it, it could be the size of a, a small. <laughs> you, I said, you need to get the people in front of it or something, yes. you know, and that did make a difference when that happened. I'm sure it wasn't me, but that was a because uh, it used to cut to this just totally, and it could have been on a desk somewhere. No idea of scale. Yeah. <laughs> Well, didn't they? They started off with someone in the machine, or there was some change in format, wasn't there, Gem? I think, the, I think the, in the early stage of the pilot, they, it was it was being operated literally by a dude. <laughs> Who was like, oh, right, we dropped the counter in on <laughs> when, you, when you hit him. <laughs> we adore Tipping Point. I mean, the thing is, actually, those sort of... Because the gimmick of Tipping Point is, it, it is quite daft when you look at it mm. but it really it sustains doesn't it mm. and one thing we were talking about before we came out was uh, when I've had ideas for game shows and quiz shows and stuff I've often heard but it's not a whole show mm, yeah and you've experienced that as well haven't you well I was just saying we were discussing things before we came on I had this idea for a show called um, the object of the game was what I thought it could be called the object of the game and people come in and give me objects and I talk about them and then at the end the audience votes what their favourite one is and that's the object of the game and they're <laughs> and they're the winner um, and I realised as I was explaining it that it could well be part of a show we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. say it's like the repair shop but nothing gets repaired nothing gets repaired yeah like antiques roadshow without any valuation or antiques <laughs> I think it's got legs, I really do. <laughs> but the reason we were talking about that was because we were discussing 321, because when we were coming up, lovely producer Amanda, thank you for doing the fingers, sir. There we go, 321. Yes. We always try and come up with little games to play with our guests, and we said, oh, what about 3-2 pun? <laughs> but then Amanda found out that that's the thing that actually existed. Well, I did, I did a pilot for something called 3-2 pun, which, as I began to think about it, was a little bit like what I've recently thought was my idea of the object of the game but I think, <laughs> I think possibly the object of the game is a bit similar to 3-2 pun I think people came on it's such a long time ago I did I can't quite remember but I remember chatting to the contestants that was quite a big thing of it was was the chat and the laugh you have ch chatting to people then they had an object and maybe I had to try and come up with puns for it but then they left I think <laughs> <laughs> But people it was, came, um, people went. Objects yeah, yeah. Them. It was that was about the, the upshot of it. Yeah, and there was a shelf behind me. I'd put the objects there, and surprisingly, that never saw the light of day. <laughs> well, I, again, three, two, one is something that we feel might be ripe for a revival. Yeah, there was always felt there was a flaw in that, though, didn't there? Because <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there? It's, well, it's the whole thing really was. Well, I just never understood it. <laughs> yeah. So the the clues that was the thing we everyone laughed about was that the clues were so weird and tense that no one really ever worked out people, <laughs> through any logic where the bin was. <laughs> only Connect now to be baffled. Right. It's a huge hit. So yes. I, I think going off uh, going off that trend, yeah. people like to watch something go, nope. No. <laughs> Still, nope. You've, you've explained it to me. Nope. <laughs> For the younger listeners, uh, there was sort of, it was based on a Spanish show. Was it? Uh, and It would have made as much sense in Spanish and I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they, yeah, they used to have sort of people would do a sort of variety turn and then they'd come on with an object and then give a cryptic clue which was meant to lead you to a prize and it could be a good prize or it could be the booby prize which was Dusty Bin but they were completely um, Michael Sheen said it was like he, it felt like it was watching a seance <laughs> But it's true, I don't think I ever saw someone 
talk through, I think it's this, 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 and this, and Ted Rogers go, correct. Yeah. <laughs> I just never saw that happen. Yeah, no, He'd go, well, no, actually... Um, and then, uh, yeah. uh, Rain Britain quiz had a baby with a cryptic crossword. Yes. Crossed with... An old-fashioned variety show. Yeah, with the yeah. wheel tappers and shunters. Yeah. Or, uh, That's right. There were things like that going on, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the fact somebody enjoyed a mention of the wheel tappers and shunters. Yeah. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, I feel like we should play another game with you. Mm, yes, let's yeah. go for it. Um, so we didn't go for 3-2 pun in the end. We right. thought what we would do, which we sometimes do with our guests, is create a quiz which is tailored to your special interests. Right. And I know that two things that you enjoy are Elvis. I do. You do a show. I do enjoy Elvis. <laughs> yes. Very much. Uh, and horrendous. tell us about your show. Uh, oh, I do Elvis. a, yeah, I do a, um, uh, an Elvis tribute act called Plastic Elvis. Mm -hmm. And I've got a band, a five-piece band who are just absolutely brilliant. I come on wearing a sort of uh, plastic, black plastic jumpsuit and a wig. My, I try my hardest to do an impression of Elvis. I mean, I'm not, it's, the whole thing really is a vanity project for me. It's not really, I, I, this is kind of the, the look you're giving here. This is, is taking me, <laughs> it's often the look I get when I walk on dressed as plastic Elvis. But, um, and I talk as Elvis throughout the entire thing. And I'm always, it's fantastic to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's all that, you know. And, um, and I just talk about stuff. And so it's not really, it's no, there's no, puns and it's sort of funny in between but I don't bill it as comedy because otherwise people turn up and go what the hell was that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but if you come along and you and you're expecting uh, an Elvis uh, tribute act with a with a few uh, chuckles then uh, I suppose you, it probably helps if you like Elvis in the first place and maybe like me a bit yeah. but that's a weird Venn diagram I've got to tell you <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm in that. If if I die before you, uh, I was going to say I hope I do. I don't. Uh, but I. <laughs> wow. I think, you're, I think you're right. Tall people generally live as long as short Men people. Men and tall people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're doomed. Yeah. But if yeah. you outlive me, I would like you to sing "If I Can Dream" at my funeral. Well, that's very. It's int- is, has it got to be that one? Because I don't actually do that one. In the <laughs> <set>. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got to learn it? Um, I, could, I could learn it for you. I've never been a massive fan of that song, actually. Have you not? Not really. Impossible Dream, I think we might do on the next Because we're doing it December the 4th. I mean, 4th. I won't be there, so I don't really That's matter. That's true. It, yeah. but, uh, December the 4th, I'm doing, um, doing Plastic Elvis at the Half Moon in Putney. Lovely. Great venue. Yeah, very London-centric. So uh, come along and... Uh, and I think we may well... We're going to try one or two new ones. We might do Impossible Dream. To dream the impossible dream <laughs> To fight the unbeatable foe <laughs> and the siren goes by, aren't I? <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's great fun. I enjoy it. So that is... It's not a money spinner. It's just, you know, yeah. good fun. Why not? Not everything has to be about money, does it? Um, and then the other thing... Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was getting that in early. Not everything's about money, Tim, is it? Sometimes not, just no. a bag of crisps is all yeah, you need. Exactly, yeah. Some oh, off-brand those, yeah. sweets. Um, and the other thing you like is, of course, darts. I love darts, yeah. We've seen you playing in Edinburgh at the festival. Well, this is interesting. I was saying this about Lucy. Lucy, I, it turns out, jump in if I've got this wrong, but whenever you go to Edinburgh, you like to learn some sort of skill during the run. Is that fair to say? I do. And one year, she sidled up to me somewhere in a bar and said, uh, this year it's darts. I wonder whether you could give me some coaching tips. Uh, you threw three darts, and uh, I basically said I couldn't help you, and that was what I saw of you that month. <laughs> But it wasn't a great setup at the bar, actually, was it? It was, it was barely sort of, you know, there was a pool table in the way, and you yeah, know, no, it was, it was not ideal. But I have. Uh, have you been playing since? You've I been? have kept it up. Yes, oh, I've got well my done. local, my local. Well um, so what I've done yes. is I've got a quiz for you and Jenny to participate in, okay. um, which combines their questions about either darts or Elvis. Great, or both. <laughs> okay, so Jenny, yes. how do you okay. feel about darts and Elvis? I enjoy their work. <laughs> <laughs> However, I wouldn't say. They were especially subjects of mine. Not the band darts, right? Oh, yeah. oh, oh they were right. good, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, that would be fine. The game darts. Name me a dart song. Daddy Cool, first single I ever bought, actually. <laughs> so let's have a question about darts slash Elvis. Very simple one to start with. Darts which... slash Elvis sounds a bit violent. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible headline somewhere. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes, go on. Uh, which former professional darts player used the nickname Elvis? Well, I thought this was going to be easy. You, which former? Professional darts player used the nickname Elvis. A Welsh former professional darts player. He used the nickname Elvis after his favourite singer, Elvis Presley. He was born on the 12th of December, 1966. It's not Leighton Reese, clearly. Welsh. So yeah. former professionals interest. He's given it up now, is he? Uh, according to the the other thing, I, I'm now doubting all of this. I don't know. Yes, I'll tell you. Any ideas? No. It was Robert Hughes. Gosh. Oh, no wonder he went by Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, well, I, yeah, well, that's a very, very good and specific question. <laughs> The intersection of your interests and still nothing. (laughs) That certainly showed a large gap in my knowledge. (laughs) Let's try this one, see if it's a bit easier. How old was Elvis when he died? And what are the options of a two-dart finish (laughs) with that number? Well, 
he was 42. You could go uh, 10 double 16. You could go 20 double 11. You could go two double top. You could go six double 18. You could go uh, two darts, did you say? Two dart finish, yeah. Um, well, I suppose you could go, uh, if you were being really ridiculously flash, double 13, double 8. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, you've 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 covered all the ones that I had there. <laughs> I'm afraid, Jenny, you didn't get a look in. I, I didn't know whether we were supposed to buzz in there. I just I blurted. Sorry, Jenny. That's <laughs> absolutely fine by me. That sounded kind of like maths. So, <laughs> well, not I've got my, a very special question coming up for you, Jen. Don't worry. Next question: In the 2022 Forbes list of top earning dead celebrities, Elvis is number four. Can you name any of the top three? I'll give you a clue. There is one author, one sports person. American sports person and one other pop star Muhammad Ali not Muhammad Ali but that's a great guess so 22 last year Oh, well, maybe uh, Michael Jackson, was he one? No, he was very high. And then a few years ago, he dropped out of the top for reasons we won't Uh, go into. Frank Sinatra? Not Frank Sinatra. Not John Lennon. These are all great guesses. Mm. Not Tupac. Probably this year, there'll be a renewed interest, won't there? Someone said Roald Dahl over there. I thought that was a good call. Roald Dahl? No. No. J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien was the right answer. Apologise if anyone else got that, but well done, Jem. The American sports star died relatively recently. Kobe Bryant, the audience get that one. And the pop star... Oh. Prince. A, oh, Prince, was it? Not Prince. Can you give it clue? clue? David Bowie. Oh. There we go. They were too quick for you guys. Yeah. Too quick for you. Okay, here's another one. How high should a dartboard be from the floor? And what's the different in, in difference in inches between that and the height of Elvis Presley? <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> five inches. Do you know the, the height? Because I can't think what it is. I know uh, is it like five foot six to the middle? To the bull, maybe. Yeah. Right. Or is it the distance to the bull? It is, is the distance yeah. from the floor to the bull, yes. And is that right? Five foot, is that right? Five six? Five, no, six. it's not one inch. That is the wrong answer. I think the, I think the answer might be, no, in fact, the distance, it's got to be quite a bit more than that. It's got to be about 30 inches, the difference in height. <laughs> That's oh, the height of the, you're talking about the height at the top of the board in that case. Sorry, right, okay. In that case, the top of the board is uh, probably about an inch taller than he is. No, so... <laughs> oh. Do you know, never set a quiz about something you know nothing about whatsoever. That's, <laughs> that's a top tip. So I think 5'8 is how high a dart, but the, the bull of a dartboard the should be. The bull, right, okay. Yeah. But you weren't Elvis. asking about Elvis's height above so the bull, were you? I was asking what's the difference between that height and Elvis's height. The bull or the... The bull. Or the top. So 5'8 okay. and Elvis's height. Well, I, I think he was six foot, actually, just over, but he would say he was six foot one. There's talk that perhaps he wasn't uh, he was just about six he was so about your answer then would be four six. or five six inches let's say six foot so then five foot eight so that's you've four you've made this about the height inches. of Russ Abbott I'd have been all over it I know <laughs> uh, yeah the height six of foot Russ four and a half. yeah I wonder I why it. we know that. Maybe we'll find out in the second half. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Jen, do you want to have a guess? It's not four inches, which is what I think. Three inches. It is three inches. Elvis was four foot eleven. Five foot eleven. Four foot eleven. Elvis was five foot eleven. He was five eleven. They stood him next to the tipping point machine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. You say it's five eleven. Five eleven. Well, I did. did I did verify that from? that from a few different sources. Oh, wow, very good. So he's going to fight you now for lying about Elvis. Mm. Do you know how big his feet were? No. <laughs> he was at size twelve. Gosh, that's a large foot. That's a, yeah. Well, and the other one as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. one more. Should we do one more question? Actually, it might be 12, American 12, and I think of it, which is 10 probably, is it? No, is, what's the, is it size 12? 11, is it? Okay, so maybe it was 11. No, okay. not that big. Yeah, nothing. Not that impressive. <laughs> okay, final question yes. is, can you work out how many days Elvis lived for? Divide that figure by 180, round it down... <laughs> You get a two-digit number, and if Elvis had lived to that age, who would have been the PDC World Darts Champion on his birthday? <laughs> Phil the Power Taylor. That's a very... Uh, yeah, it's almost certainly... That's, that's the best guess, isn't it? Because yeah, he won 16 yeah, that's, of us. That's your percentage so. answer, that. Yeah, yeah no, slightly... Le- so he Less lived for 15,561 days. Right. You divide that by 180, you get 86.458. So Elvis would have been 86 on the 8th of January, 2021. Ah, so maybe it's Rob Cross? Nope. 2021. Um, oh, it's Van Gerwen? Nope. Peter Wright, yes, Peter Wright. Nope. Oh, <laughs> going price. Go in price. Go in price. Very of nice. course, yeah. The uh, the year of the the COVID thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations wow. to that. Shall we give a prize to the audience member? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what would you like, my darling? Oh, chocolate. chocolate. Chocolate for Mark. There. There, there we go. go. It's the bubbly man. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> we go well yikes that was a surprisingly difficult uh, it was yeah Elvis and darts grueling is what I'd yeah. call it mostly for the quiz master <laughs> so I, I did enjoyed that I enjoyed putting the pressure the on you that I said <laughs> they so, were really spring off points for the questions weren't they darts and Elvis yeah. so that was a kind of uh, they were generally they were maths questions <laughs> Yes, I really didn't know enough about darts and Elvis. Next time you're on, I will do a, a more thorough research. Well, I enjoyed it either way. No. So now, listen, we didn't talk to you last time about the quizzes that you enjoy and the mm. quizzes that you loved growing up. So I thought, oh, let's right. ask you about... Do you know what? One of the ones that I, I really loved growing up was Strike It Lucky, was it called, or Strike It Rich? Was it Strike, rich, it, strike first, it Lucky with, it? with Barrymore. Yeah. And the reason why, and I used to love... It's the same reason I used to like this generation game as well, was because I was really into the host messing about with the the contestants and I remember some episodes with Barrymore where he would he would really mess about for it seemed like the first half of the quiz and then they'd he'd run up and down that ramp which was the least interesting bit in a way yeah um, so and, I, and that's obviously that's why you know similarly like play your cards right with Brucey and just that whole thing of looking down the lens and yes. I loved all that you know well I what I loved and Larry about Grayson of course yeah. bringing it back to Whittle yes. is um, <laughs> the fact that with your contestant chat because I think we can all agree often contestant chat is the worst bit of a quiz show because it is like oh you've got a funny story about the time you met Nick Knowles and you know nobody's haven't we all yeah <laughs> none of them are suitable for broadcast um, but what I loved on Whittle was that you always did a different question when it used to get down to the last 10 people were in the second half it was just and, and it obviously it'd be quite easy to eliminate and get down to one person quite quickly so we <laughs> had to be a way of killing a bit of time there so it was decided that you would ask each of the 10 people one question and and it would be something like you know what's your favorite airplane or something i don't know what it would be you know? well one that i really liked was what's your favorite time of day but very specifically day of the week and time right <laughs> and people had to say and I thought that's such a lovely question isn't it because a lot of people said you know Friday afternoon clocking off time mm. then there was one woman who very specifically said 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night right. because that was when she went to the pub right <laughs> right <laughs> Which was very I sweet. have to I, my memory of doing those 
those bits was that particularly in Whittle, which I, I enjoyed doing Whittle because it was the experience was great fun. But the problem with having an audience who are also the contestants is that the focus goes a bit sometimes because they're really focusing on the game, and so so you're trying to get laughs from people really who are thinking about something else. Um, so my memory of, of asking ten questions to those those people is that a lot of the time it was like wading through concrete. We yeah. did have, we did have one thing. Actually, I might have told you this last time I was here actually, where they, they struggled to get people on the on the show, mm-hmm. and they got a whole load of Japanese. Uh, students on who from a local school Japanese from a local language school and a lot of them couldn't speak English so the thing of pressing you had a choice of four answers and you press a button so it happened that when it got to that second half we had ten people left one of them bless him was one of these Japanese students who could not speak a word of English at all and the first question which is supposed to keep everyone in was uh, what which of these women's uh, names is a uh, Christmas song and of course Carol was there and nine people pressed Carol and this poor chap presses Brenda or something, you know, and, I'm, <laughs> and, I, and I'm supposed to then chat to him about it. Well, you know, I'm, well, uh, oh, you press Brenda, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but uh, chatting to the audience is always good fun. And they always said that they just pressed the wrong button. No one ever admitted that they got the question wrong. No, no, that was a slightly weird thing sometimes when you go to someone and go, so why did you press that? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yes. you know sometimes people would, would, would press a button that would, you think to yourself, how is that possible that you don't know, you've never heard of? Well, that one about the Taj Mahal, you know, what's the closest city? And a surprising number of people said Aberdeen. Right. Even more people said Andover. Really? I thought it was a trick geography question, like in a straight line. But yeah. they, yes. didn't, they didn't read beyond Andover. <gasps> <laughs> getting quick on this. Well, there is that as well as the speed thing, isn't it? Where people go, oh, I better, I better do it quickly, and then they realise, like you say, they've just hit the wrong thing. Well, they might have read it and thought, well, it's that one there, is that button there? I oh, know it's not, it's the wrong button. Yeah. Well, the final round was quite good as well because the final round was you had to put four things in order. Oh yeah, you reminded me now. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. And that that sort of quite often went wrong for people because under the mm. pressure of time. Shall I give you an example? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an example. Let me flick back. So I feel very privileged to have been on this show twice talking about Whittle. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever asked me about it once. Never mind. And he's back again. It's your the Whittle hero, folks. What do you say? <laughs> well, it stands up very well. It's it really does. You've got to rank the elements in the air we breathe from highest to lowest and you, you give the numbers so you give the number sequence that corresponds so elements in the air we breathe from highest to lowest and your choices are one oxygen two argon three nitrogen four carbon dioxide so highest amount in the air the highest uh, yeah, yeah. percentage in oh, the yeah, air okay. yeah so, so just one more time with oxygen the... argon nitrogen carbon dioxide so presumably Oxygen and carbon dioxide are going to be in the top two, are they, one way or other? No? Oh, dear. No. No. Oh. Nitrogen's going to be in the top two. Nitrogen is very much in the top two. With definitely, in fact, definitely in... In fact, okay, so nitrogen and oxygen are the top two. No? Yep. No? Yes? Yep. yep. So yep. is the top one oxygen? No. Nope. Nitrogen's the top one. Yep. Then, then oxygen. Yep. You had no idea how much nitrogen you were breathing on a daily basis. No, yeah. no. I, I imagine carbon dioxide might be next. No. No. It's not argon. It is argon. And nobody, I don't think anybody got that right, or if it was a very small percentage of people. Obviously, this audience tonight, much more knowledgeable. Different different demographic there. Yeah. Pulled from the streets. We did one where um, the first question of the second half, everybody got it wrong, so everybody was out. (laughs) And so they went to this weird tape stop, and I thought, I wonder what's going on here. And someone came up to me and said, Tim, um, everybody's out. (laughs) So uh, you're going to have to do 
fill the next 10 minutes somehow. So I just stood there and did my act for 10 minutes. I'd love to sit. <laughs> that was one of the episodes. It's <laughs> probably the best thing that's ever been on Channel 5 before or since, <laughs> isn't it? And so, I can't remember if you've done Mastermind. Uh, yes, I did it. Well, Elvis was the uh, topic the first time. And then mm. the second time I did it with uh, Jaws. Wow. And how did you get on? Well, as anyone will say, when they do the celebrity versions of this, it is all a bit sort of a bit light in terms of. Uh, uh, I mean, everyone does well with their own subjects. Yes. Generally, people, you might get one or two wrong if you if you're having a nightmare, but generally they make that bit easy. So really, it's all on the general knowledge, mm. and uh, you either know or you don't. You guys presumably love that moment because you get everything right at that point. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she does. Yes. So I, I did. I think I did all right on the first time. The second time. All the general knowledge questions, I was, you know, I was flailing around. Oh, yeah. who beat you? Now, I can't remember her name, but she hosts Points of View at the moment. Very intelligent woman. It's not no. Samira Ahmed, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, it Samira yeah, 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 Ahmed? Yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah, God, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah, exactly. So we were out of our depth immediately. The rightful host of University Challenge, that's all I'm saying. I think we have talked to you about quizzing and we love your quiz hosting so it's time to give you a chance to do that gosh okay so amanda our fabulous producer has prepared a quiz which neither jenny nor i've seen it's if you flip over that bit of paper it's under there (laughs) and you know make of it what you will take the floor who's who's my who are the contestants everyone it's mainly Jenny and I, but I suspect that we the, will. The audience need might have to be contestant number three. Yeah, we will need help from the audience. So, uh, so right here we go. So it's called. What's my vine? What's my vine? Hello and welcome to What's My Vine. Have I gone in too quick? Is that too much? <laughs> no, love it. Love it. Hello and welcome to What's My Vine. My name's Tim Vine and I'm the host of What's My Vine. I've got a sister called Bo, stupid cow. Tim. <laughs> 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 right, okay, so um, all of the questions are going to be slightly connected with the word vine, okay. I think is the idea. So question one, Barbara Vine is the pseudonym of which British writer whose books under that name include King Solomon's Carpet, by the way, I went to the carpet shop, I said, do you sell carpets by the yard? He said, no, we sell them in here. <laughs> um, King Solomon's Carpet, A Fatal Inversion, and Astor's Book. Oh, Clue if it's, needed. Um, it's it's either yes. it's one or the other. It's of. the other. So is it P.D. James or Ruth Rendell? Or Ruth Rendell. Yes, it's, it's one, one of those. Of I can never remember the, which. Well, the name of the show is What's My Line? It's not called It's One or the Other. <laughs> That'd be good though, wouldn't it? Welcome to It's One or the Other. <laughs> um, um, audience, what do you think? Any ideas? Ruth Randall's corrects. No. One to the audience. No. Question two. In 2002, um, Australian rock group The Vines featured on the cover of US Rolling Stone. It was the first time a band from Oz were cover stars of the publication since 1983. Who were the band which featured in that year, 1983? It's a bit, it's a bit early for an excess. Isn't it too early for Can an I say excess? also that I have written down here, clue if needed. Oh, okay. So I, I think I was thinking maybe I shout clue if needed and you go... <laughs> Give it to me. Men at work. I think it could be like a, could be like a catchphrase. Okay. Men at work. Clue if needed. Clue Give if it needed. to me. Give it to me. Uh, yes. Not although <laughs> I agree with that somebody from the audience has just said what I think. It, but tell what us the clue. What? Well, tell us the clue. But well, the you, clue you, is you, their the most one. famous song was subject to a court case on account of an uncredit, <laughs> uncredited appropriation of another song for the flute line. I didn't know that. Yeah. What yeah. song did that come from? Was that a James Galway classic or something? <laughs> no, no, no. That, I know, but that was taken from somewhere else. We know it was Down Under, but... Anyway, question three. <laughs> and the answer was Men at Work. The song is Down Under. 
it. Right, question three. Where can one find the 250-year-old The Great Vine, which is the largest grape vine in the world, planted in 1768, while Lancelot Capability Brown was in charge of the grounds? I don't see um, as much of that person anymore. It's going to be Hampton Court. I don't see Lancelot. (laughs) Um, And the answer, you didn't even need the clue. It is indeed Hampton Court Palace. Question four. Which song was first recorded in 1966 by the Miracles? I heard it through the grapevine. Well, let's not... uh, (laughs) not. As you know, you're frozen out if you jump in. (laughs) Another one of my catchphrases. (laughs) You're frozen out if you jump in. Looks down the lens. Um, Well, anyway, the answer, that's correct. Uh, Yes, it was uh, their version not being released until 1968, which is the same year. Another artist released the song, making making it a soul classic. And the answer is, I heard it through the grapevine, Marvin Gaye um, released his version on the 1968 album. What's the name of the album, Lucy? Do you know that? What's going on? What's going on? Is anyone... Uh, no, the album is called In the Groove. Oh, Welcome, if you've just joined us, this is What's My Vine. <laughs> Question five. We all remember sharing our favourite vines on Twitter. I don't. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> but what was Vine an abbreviation of? Video News. Video News is wrong. Anyone in the audience? Bovine. Bovine <laughs> is wrong. Which one of your earlier. It was. Um, um, I can say a clue if needed. G- give, give it, it to, to me. The clue is... This is defined as a short impressionistic scene. Vignette. Correct. Oh, yes, vignette. Very good. It's not really an abbreviation of vignette, is it? It's got some of the same letters, but it's not really. <laughs> anyway, we won't uh, argue about that. But the answer is vignette. That's correct. Well done, Jenny. Okay, question six. Which famous vine played the drums in a band called the Flared Generation? The group. Oh, hang on. The group. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you've given me a choice here. The, gri- <laughs> the group was described by Smash Hits as the most unfashionable punk band in the country. His also famous brother is on Radio 2. So you're wrong, I'm afraid. Oh. A, um, <laughs> no, it was, you are absolutely right. His also famous brother was a member of the band too. That's very kind. But anyway, Jeremy Vine is the answer. And that was a band short-lived. And, uh, and the answer was the Flair Generation. Yes, uh, Jeremy Vine. He played the drums. And question seven is... What the, did oh, you no. do? What did I do? Um, I played guitar and I, I sang. And then we had... Um, in fact, Jeremy sang sometimes as well. And then we had someone else on the drums. So Jeremy was sometimes on the drums. But when we did one of the four gigs that we did ever, <laughs> um, we had our mate on the drums who couldn't play the drums. And then Jeremy singing and me on guitar. And the, the thing that most struck you when you listened to that was it really needed some bass. <laughs> and less amplification. And I was about to read question seven, then I realised it says here, tiebreaker. So there was no need for it, but we'll read it anyway. Um, who did I choose as my specialist subject on my first appearance on Celebrity Mastermind? I've answered this one earlier. Um, so there we are. I thought, yes, and the answer is Elvis Presley. Oh, this person also inspired one of my performances on Comet Relief Does Fame Academy. What did I, what did I, what did I sing on that? Oh, I... Suspicious Minds. Well, no. It's now or never. Well, I agree. We need to get on with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Viva Las Vegas is the answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we are. And that is What's My Vine? As ever, if any commissioners are in the room, let us know. Yes. I've got a feeling that you can't get more than two episodes out of that just because of the sheer thing. Everything's got to be Vine-related. <laughs> Not a whole show, as they say. Yes, it's... It's it, part of a show, isn't it? It's part yeah. of a show. That's yeah. what we've done there. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely fantastic to see you hosting that. Um, well, and you. I think congratulations from Jen and I would go to the audience who won that. Well, well done. done. 
we're all winners at the end of the day because we've spent time in the company of Tim Vine. <laughs> yes. And it's been an absolute joy and a delight. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've uh, always loved the two of you. <laughs> I have. I think you're great. We hope to see you hosting more, doing more, and we're all going to come and see Plastic Elvis, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to Tim Vine. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Potter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.